0: Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show for the nice pop today's podcast episode. I have Taco with me. So hello, to everybody, Taco.
1: Hey everybody, how's it going? Uh movie lovers unite universe.
0: <laughs> and I also have John Henry. He's back again. I did a very special one on one interview with him hey, a while back. Up? And it's good to have y'all on the show because we're actually gonna be talking about our top five Soprano episodes, and we're we're just going to go on ahead and talk about that. We're also going to talk, do a little bit of our favorite moments of The Sopranos, funny moments, shocking moments, all that other good stuff, too, like towards the end and everything, too. So with that being said, let's go on ahead and dive into it. So when you look at The Sopranos as a whole, I mean, there's not a single bad episode when you think about it. There's some moments where it kind of slows down a little bit, but it slows down for a certain reason to tell a story to give us motivation behind milfie's dream sequences and stuff like that. Now there are some people that don't like the dream sequences and stuff like that. I like the dream sequence episodes and everything because I like to analyze certain dreams and stuff like that. But with that being said, I'm going to go on ahead and leave the floor to taco, to talk about his number one and everything as far as, uh, what he liked about, uh, the, his couple of episodes.
1: Okay. Uh, I mean, I want to echo your sentiment uh, of, of there isn't really a bad episode, and there's definitely ones I don't love, but I've now rewatched a show multiple times. There isn't an episode I skip, like, and that's that's weird. There's episodes of other shows where, like, I, like I love Avatar Last Airbender. I'll skip, like, a couple episodes here and there where I'm like, do we really need to do this one right now? Can we get back into the plot, like, filler episodes? And I just don't feel that way of Sopranos, like... The only one that comes to mind, and I hope it's not on anyone's list, is like D Girl, because it, it, it's yeah. it's pretty self-contained, and I want to get back into the action. But I still, there's so many really good moments in that show. That episode is still good on its own, but it just kind of slows it down and takes it a little. Um, so you said my number one. Do you mean my number five?
2: Yeah, your number about?
1: five. Yeah, my not favorite. Okay, um, I'm going. I wish I would have. I wrote down which episode it was, but. I wanna say it's from season five. I wanna talk about long term parking.
0: That's actually on my list. So we're punting? Pawning. Yep, I guess we're punting right now. So Unless it's number
1: five for you. If it's number five for you, then we can. If not, we'll punt.
0: That's actually number two for me.
1: Oh <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh so go to my number four then
0: no 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 we can go on ahead and talk about it i'll just go back and forth and i'll put this like this one off the list and everything and that'll be it that'll be me talking about it
1: okay um this episode i almost considered like you need a little bits and pieces from the episode the ride to really kind of fill it in of episode or um season six because then you finally really see the conversation between tony and uh christopher and how it went down but without that little bit, and I think it was so genius for us to see that really pivotal conversation way later. Because in that episode, all seeing it from Adriana's point of view is so bleak and sad and so so um, surprising. It's actually one of the deaths that, that completely wrecked me. It didn't shock me. Like, the second she talked to an FBI person, I was like, well, she did. But it... <laughs> but she's <laughs> such a relatable character in and flawed and in everything and it, it like i was like she's got to get out of this or something and the fact that it was another lovable fan favorite one of my favorite characters that ended up having to do it makes it so like mm-hmm. oh, it's such a hard moment of the show but yeah, you want to want to talk about it?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll go on in and talk about it. To be honest with you, yeah, I wasn't surprised whenever Adriana got when as soon as she was talking to the FBI, I knew she was dead. As soon as yeah. she was talking to the feds, that she was, I knew she was gonna die. But I didn't know how soon she was gonna die or how or when she, how long it's gonna be until the next season when she dies. Either once they let it linger over to season four, I'm like, okay, maybe in season five they might actually whack her, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened. But as far as it being shocking, it's not shocking, but at the same time, now, this is the scene that I always like with Christopher whenever he's looking at this family and he's reflecting back on himself. He's like, can I live like that? Is basically what he's saying. Can I live without being a gangster? Can I live without the money? Can I live without uh, Tony? Can I live without the family? Because that's all I know. And then I'm going to be like him, like a schmuck, living out basically living from paycheck to paycheck and witness protection and everything and the guy even kind of symbolizes him a little because in a way chris is also a junkie he's also got this other guy has a mullet tank top mm-hmm. and everything else and he's picturing himself with this family and he's like can't i do what he's doing
1: i i want to say my my Family growing up made a cameo as the family that he looked at. <laughs> I was very white trash poor from the Midwest, so I was like, "What's my dad doing there?" <laughs> that's, that's uh, I want to I want to bounce off what you said, but uh, John Henry, you have not yeah. said anything yet, so you yeah are,
0: Let's...
2: yeah yeah I haven't heard. I, she's one of my favorite characters, so I haven't I knew she was going to die when she was talking to the feds, but uh, haven't heard. Get, that was hard to watch. That was I really liked her a lot. She was good, good character.
1: The uh, the performance, the 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 scene that they're talking to each other, um, the the uh Michael Perioli, I I have a love hate relationship with him as an actor, but he is so good in these scenes with Adriana, and I think that really his his acting kind of fell because his best scenes were. Them, right. yeah and yeah. and especially that conversation that they're having about possibly going like both of them were so insanely good in those scenes and um yeah i what was i gonna say oh it's funny i never thought about this until now so you were saying you know how the main reason why he didn't want to do it is he couldn't really leave the life it had nothing to do with his oath of immorta. like he was okay like that didn't bother him him betraying the oath isn't what got him. Being a, a white trash poor junkie is why he didn't want to do
0: it. <laughs> See, I was thinking the other way around, to be honest Oh, with okay. You. So, I mean, but it's all subjective anyways. It's not very objective because yeah. each person can actually look at it and analyze it in a certain light mm-hmm. and everything. But I didn't think of it in that kind of context, which is actually interesting that you actually point that out, which I think that is pretty cool that you pointed that out.
1: Well, they always talk about that oath and then when it comes down to it it's never the reason behind anything like it's it's their code their big mafia code but he didn't not want to betray the family he just didn't want to lose the life like it's selfish it has nothing to do with the oath and and it, that comes up a lot of a lot of times when they they'll betray the oath for money or things like that or their anger so they're going to attack families like what we see Philly do later on like that oath really gets thrown out of the window quick and it's not what ties them together it's the money and the lust for power and it's it's so gross and that's what i love about david chase is he honors honors the mob life with showing how disgusting and not okay it is at the same
0: time exactly because perfect example is ralphie for example he was his top earner Vito was also his top earner as well yeah and all it was, and it's about Tony actually strategizing. He's like, "I know that I know that uh, Ralphie screwed up, but can I f- afford to lose him mm-hmm. if I actually do whack him?" Same thing with Vito. So what? He's gay, but at the same time, can I afford to lose my other top earner who's actually hel- helping me earn my extra yeah. money? Because don't forget, we're dealing. Once you get into like the last season, we're dealing with recession, which. If Vito was still around, he wouldn't have had that. Ha- he would have still been earning Tony some money and everything, too. So he would have his top earner. So therefore, it wouldn't be so bad. But it's all yeah. about money for them.
1: Um, before we move, which we probably should. Uh, uh, do we want to talk about the cat theory? Does everyone know it? The uh, Adriana becomes a, becomes a cat theory.
0: No, I, I haven't heard about this one. okay well
1: because because her death is part of it. So um you know the cat at the end of the show that they bring on and Polly's like no, they're they're demons with skin or, or fur or whatever <laughs> he says uh, and, it, and how it out is fixated on the picture of Chris. A lot of people think that um, Adriana reincarnated, reincarnated as the cat. Oh. I hate this theory. I think yeah. it's stupid. Because the only thing that you have to go with is there's a time where she wears like skin tight leopard print when she's mm-hmm. all dressed up, and then when she crawls away from Silvio, she's crawling on all fours like a cat. It's a really dumb theory, but I, I it, it it shows to fandom of how they're like, look, she's on all fours, reincarnation, I'm like
0: what? <laughs> <laughs> such a leap, yeah. exactly. But for you, John, what about you? What was one of the other episodes that you wanted to talk about that's in your top well, five
2: tier. Well, it's hard to say. My, like, every episode is good Good to me. Um, the one that really jumps out of my mind is one of my favorites is uh, when Chris and Polly get stranded in the woods.
1: Pine Barrens, yeah, that's, on <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. definitely on my list. That's uh, mine too. Uh,
2: just the, – see them react to each other is uh, – and overreact about the situation was just hilarious. They're two of my favorite characters anyway. So Pauly is my my, favorite character. So
1: that's my number two. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Pine Barrens is kind of amazing Um, directed by, uh, by Steve Buscemi. And it was before he actually came on to act on the show. And I love that show because it, it it also is kind of self-contained, but it is so not only funny, but you're actually like thinking, are they going to just die in the middle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, it, you feel a lot of that survival, and it's almost like, hey, why don't we do like to build a fire, or you know, like like a Lost in Thin Air? Why don't we do like a a, a John Krakauer, Jack Jack London, freaking uh, transcendentalist novel with two gangsters who have zero survival skill. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i love this episode to be honest with you oh, and yeah. it wasn't for paulie doing what he did to the russian they wouldn't be in that whole entire predicament either completely pointless mm-hmm. right
2: yeah he's he's he does a lot of stuff like that that's why <laughs> i think he got jumped over by sal but because <laughs> right. he just he had the worst temper almost well tony probably but second Polly was off the, off the chain
1: <laughs> Silvio just tells them to go pick up money It's like a one minute thing. Hey, let's just go and get an envelope (laughs) and then he sleeps. And then he's like, Look at his remote. You you guys would probably watch it wiping their ass with your hand before you get these fucking remotes. Look at he just has to fuck with them.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. oh my god fucking Forness, they got everything <laughs> He just oh, throws dude. the remote down on everything with the universal remote because uh, <laughs> he just won't oops.
1: put the remote on docking station
0: yeah like, like <laughs> i
1: also love the russian character yeah i i live i live host. in i live in the frozen north dakota and i deal with a lot of cold during the winter you know mm-hmm. it's like negative 50 negative 70 and and when I uh, like when we've had negative 70 to negative 80 windshield, like you'll literally die wow. starting your car. And and then I'll like when I, when I like travel to the West Coast on vacation, it's like 50 and there. Everyone's wearing like these thick <laughs> coats. And I'm like, I washed my balls in ice water. You think this is cold? <laughs> like I'm exactly there with the Russian.
2: Yeah, yeah. and he's a good character. Uh,
1: where John? Where was this this John? Where was this on your list? You said it was also on your list.
0: Yeah, this well, was actually was... my number one, but I loved... <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest with you, though, I love talking about the Pine Barrens because of the fact, yes, this is the episode that Steve Buscemi directed before he was even in season five of The Sopranos. As a matter of fact, he actually directed a couple of other epi- uh, episodes, too, and mm-hmm. wrote a couple, I think. But, you know, I liked the humor in this, like John said, though, too. The humor in this is just hilarious when you think about it. Because you have two mafioso guys who's in the woods who don't have no sense of direction of what's going on and how they're going to get out of the woods, have no survival skills at all. Yeah. And here they are in the woods. It was supposed to be a five-minute, one-minute uh, pickup, and that was supposed to be it. And then he's like, hey, we're going to go down to a Roy Rogers after we go ahead, after we get done killing this guy over here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyways, they put him in the trunk. They take him off into the Pine Barrens, and then, of course, they uh, they think that he's dead, anyways. Oh, well, anyways, they go on ahead, and the Russian hits him over the head with a shovel. Next thing you know it, the, um, the Russian goes running off, and here comes Polly shooting him. And he, they think that they got him and everything because there's actually blood, and there's actually a blood trail in the woods, and of course, it's snowing. And then they lose him. So, and I also liked how they zoom in on the camera angle on top to make it the, look like the, the camera watching. going
1: up the tree yeah yeah that's and that's what brings the fan theory that he's up that tree i i personally try not to dwell on what happened to him because i don't really see it as the point you know like he disappeared right. screw mm-hmm. it like that's not yeah. the point uh and and i do there's two there's two behind the scenes things that make me love this show and one of them uh, for this episode um one of them is regarding to that where uh david chase finally came up with what he was going to do. And he had the idea and he comes up and he's like, all right, I think towards one of the last seasons, they should be dealing with the Russians again. And then Chrissy runs into him and he should have like a big scar where he got shot, but the guy is now brain damaged and doesn't recognize him. And then whatever writer I think was Terrence winter was like, Oh, yeah, the fans will love that. And David Chase is like, ah, fuck the fans. Let's not do it then. <laughs> like you <he, laughs> like said the worst possible things. Like, yeah, the fans will like that. Really? Yeah. Well, then, no, let's not do it. <laughs>
0: Who cares yeah, what I the remember, fans want?
2: <laughs> I remember watching it back in the day when, before, when uh, and wondering if he was ever going to come back and uh, try to get revenge or was the Russians going to have repercussions on this. or? But it never happened. So.
1: And I love that it never happened because yeah. it, it, it gives you that dread. Yeah. The rest of the yeah. uh, and, and also, so one more behind the scenes thing is uh, Steve Sharippa coming out in the, the hunting attire. <laughs> Do you guys know the story yeah. behind yeah. this? Yeah so, yeah. so they were trying to, he's trying to get Tony to laugh. So Steve Sharippa, without telling anybody, so you can't see it, it's off screen. So when he comes in in the genuine laugh from Gandolfini, Steve comes in holding a giant purple dildo, and he walks in <laughs> holding the dildo, and the, the genuine, like, him dying laughing that we see on screen <laughs> is, is uh Gandolfini laughing at that Steve comes in with this giant freaking monstrous dildo, and it's great because now that you know that, Gandolfini isn't the funny part. Junior trying to hold it in he's, he like has this little smile, but he's really like Because <laughs> he's not supposed to laugh in the seat. Uh, yeah I love That's that awesome. I love that episode so much same and here. I could I could talk about that episode for an hour on
0: my own. Same here as well but you know there's actually a couple of other moments that I want to talk about within that episode and then we'll move on. but another funny thing that I liked about it was, Bob becomes, like you said, in that whole entire hunter outfit. That was actually funny. And then to me, I thought it was comical. It makes the scene a lot funnier because of the whole dildo thing. But at the same time, him dressing up in camouflage was funny though. And yeah. then uh, also too, you have Polly and Christopher at Lost in the Woods. They're calling Tony. And goes and Tony goes. By the way, the person that you're looking for, he's <laughs> he's in the military uh in green berets or something like that and he goes well he's an inter- he's basically uh, uh what does he say he, not an interior uh, decorator. that's when no he
1: says he's part of the uh uh i can't even remember it i'm so tired i just woke up everybody it's okay. but it, it was like the uh interior it, something in t- yeah but he uses the word interior
0: right uh, and then polly thinks that he said interior decorator and then Christopher goes, well, his place fucking sucks. Yeah.
1: His apartment looked like shit. <laughs> what the? Yeah, it's so good when he's like, he, he killed 13 Checo- uh, Chechen, Chechen rebels. Yeah, he, well, yeah, Tony's like, he th- killed 13 Chechen rebels. He was, uh, I can't remember the line, but like the interior ministry or something. And he's like, he killed 13 Czechoslovakians, He was an interior decorator. Like, he just gets it lightly off. <laughs>
2: oh Oh, man that's awesome
0: and and also the right ketchup packets too yeah the ketchup packets
2: trying to starve on the ketchup packets that was hilarious
1: this is actually the b line it's weird that this is the a story because it's christopher and Polly gets the a story but the b story is also really good because it's it's tony dealing with gloria and this is when she throws the pot roast at his head and he's trying to deal with this mm-hmm. and she's going full olivia's psychopath on him and i if anyone's had a toxic relationship you know what it's like when you're like trying to live your life and your mm-hmm. your toxic girlfriend's <laughs> like no but i want to be psycho here for a minute <laughs> like yeah i gotta throw this virus at you and freak back the, freak the up. yeah but people are uh... yeah it's 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 such a good episode and it would be my number one. They're like it's almost my number one, but the, my number one slightly beat it up. But Pymerins is like, holy crap. I can't believe that's your five, John Henry. <laughs> oh, no,
2: it's not really my five. I, I, it's one of my favorites, but I, I can't think of a, a list really. Uh, but that one comes to mind as one of my favorites though.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. Sounds good. So um, I'm gonna let you go on ahead, taco.
1: Okay, cool. I like talking clearly. Uh, I just spelled taco with an LK. I uh, talk a lot. Anyways, uh, uh, this is the one that my wife told me that I shouldn't have on, and I just couldn't find another one, because I actually really, really like this episode. And it's whoever did this. So, it's the death of Ralphie, and, well, Pio oh my and then Ralphie. I love, not only that scene, like, I could talk about that scene forever, but the rest of that episode's really good as well. But... That scene is so insanely good because it doesn't start that way. He just goes there to question him, and he, like, he didn't even bring, like, Tony doesn't even bring a gut. He was not there to kill Ralphie. And Ralphie's big mouth gets in the way. And I I love both of their performances. What are you, a vegetarian? You eat beef and sausage by the collar. Like, it's (laughs) such, like, ah, then they start killing each other. And it's so not like, they beat each other to death. Like it's not a hit. Like he murders him. He murders Ralphie. And it's it's and then all of the Chrissy coming all high on heroin to like help him. <laughs> it's such a it, it the scene yeah, starts off awesome. as just a normal scene. Like the rest mm-hmm. of the episode's kind of going on its we way. Didn't
2: see it coming.
1: Yeah. And then after that happens, the rest of the episodes derail. They don't get to cover the rest of it anymore because now they have to get rid of this body. And I love that feeling. And you got this super high on heroin, can't light the lighter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so,
1: so good.
0: And then he goes, oh, I smoked a little weed before coming down here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like he's going to cover it up or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like man.
1: You, he's he's going to cover up like he's clearly just the shot heroin. He's like, ah, smoked a little weed. Yeah, that's why you're acting like you're high on heroin. That makes sense,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, that makes total sense, Chris. No okay. Good job, but oh, you know, but and then also too, Ralphie also says it's a fucking horse. It yeah. doesn't. And then that's what's also sets Tony off. But I like the whole entire thing where there's they're actually Tony's choking him. There's also the frying pan that. He, gets, uh, Ralphie gets hit in the head with. Then you also have Tony, uh, gets sprayed in the eyes with, uh, Raid. The Raid.
1: Oh my god, that god. hurts. Uh. I was thinking about that. Oh. Um, and then the line of the, she was an innocent, beautiful creature. What'd she ever do to you? So a lot of people think that he's not talking about Pyomai there. He's talking about, um, I can't remember her name off the top oh. of my head, but, uh, uh.
0: I know who you're talking about. The yeah.
1: Yeah, the 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 just had her twentieth birthday stripper, which uh, with that that Ralphie beat to death the season before, and I really do like her being part of this because it 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 did stick with Tony. Like it is messed up. Like he and it, a, a connection that I never made until this last wash through is how the stripper that he beat up is the same age as um, Meadow or around the same age as Meadow. And that same episode that he beats her, her up, you see uh, Meadow dealing with her roommate who's not adjusting, Caitlin who's not adjusting well to New York. And you see, like, first world problems with the, them. And Noah, like, want to do restraining order. Cause, God, Noah sucks. I want to punch his fucking lights out. That's a line from Noah. Um, but, but I – and then that's all juxtaposed by look what she has to deal with because she didn't have money and she had like this messed up abusive of upbringing. And then she is now sleeping with this twice her age freaking mafioso who knocks her up. And then she tries to defend himself and he beats her to death. And it's, it's such this horrible, like, Oh, look at these first world problems. Look what's actually going on Meadow. And, and now that that gets also brought up in that fight. And I, I do like to think that's what he's doing. I do like that. I do want to think that that has a little bit to do with him killing Ralphie is when he goes, she's an innocent, beautiful creature. That's not a horse horse. Isn't an innocent, beautiful creature. Like, no, no, it's a horse. Like he, it's gotta be something else.
0: Like, and I know all wrapped up into one, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Tony's always weird about animals, though. Like with the ducks, mm-hmm. animals ducks. are kind of more important than humans. And then, mm-hmm. like Tippy, my dog, right. yeah, like he's <laughs> obsessed with animals. But yeah. I do, I do think that that's one reason he killed him. that yeah, makes John? sense.
2: No, say? that makes sense totally. Yeah, because that that was a brutal murder and uh, totally un, uncalled for, really.
1: Extremely uncalled for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then. I, I want to get your guys' opinion on this. Joey Pants, uh, Joey Pantalano, the guy who played Ralphie, claims that the way he played it and how he believes is that he didn't set the fire to kill Pyomai. He was playing it like in his brain is that he was innocent, and that does make you kind of think: Did Tony just go over there and kill this guy for no reason? Like, what if he didn't kill the horse? Like, cause he doesn't admit it. He just say, "So what? It's a fucking horse." Don't look at me like that. Yeah, that's but that's the closest he gets to admitting it. It mm-hmm. could have just been a fire. Tony goes over there. Ralphie just talks his way into getting brutally freaking murdered. His highest earner, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good theory. That's crazy. I'd never thought about it like that. But yeah, he never admitted it. Really, he just said it's yeah. just a just a fucking horse or whatever he said.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's the only admission, which isn't yeah. an admission. But Don't look at me like that. It's a
0: yeah. fucking horse. Well, yeah,
2: yeah. he always ran his mouth like that anyway, so he, he could have just been running his mouth in general. Yeah.
0: yeah. Exactly. And also, too, I feel like with Ralphie, though, too, he burned a lot of bridges. Like, yeah. for instance, with the whole entire thing with Johnny Sack about this, telling the Jane, uh Sack joke. Joke. <laughs> and, you know, and then... Yeah, and then, of course, you know, that also might be another thing that set Tony off was the fact that he goes, look, you don't tell him that you apologize for something that you didn't do. Because if you apologize and everything, it makes it look like you did it, even though guilty. you did it, but you're not... You know what I mean? But that's exactly yeah. what he's trying to say. And then instead, Ralphie goes on ahead, does whatever Ralphie wants to do, and pisses off Johnny because he actually owns up to the fact that he told the Jenny Sack joke. Therefore, now Johnny is pissed off at Ralphie, which also causes a pretty much a war between a com- war, the New York yeah. family and the New Jersey family.
1: Uh, Johnny wants to put a hit out on Ralphie, and then in the counterflip, Carmine Sr., puts a hit out on Johnny, for, uh, Johnny Sack for it. Like, it's literally yeah, top-ranking what? members almost die because of Cause a of stupid, stupid joke. old joke.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> my, my favorite Johnny Sack line, though, is like, what does he get to do? Fucker for a million? You <laughs> will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
1: yeah. think Carmine yeah. Sr. is so good. Buddy, what's the fuck a know? Like, he's
2: just so... <laughs>
1: but his... His best, and this isn't even in this episode, so here's a tangent, but here's a one of my favorite moments. But the Carmine trying to call Tony to get the whack on Johnny, but he won't say anything over the phone. Like, well, it would be bad if something happened to him. And he's like, are you saying what I think you're saying? I ain't saying nothing. I didn't say nothing. And it's like he literally just says, I didn't say nothing. And it's like, are you saying? I didn't say anything. And that's how he puts the hit out on him. It's uh-huh. so... It's so good, yeah. <laughs> mafioso,
0: like. Uh, um, all right, let's see. Um, I've actually got a season four. Uh, at one of their episodes, it's Whitecaps. Is
1: yeah, that's my number one.
0: That yeah. is my favorite man. That that episode is something that, to be honest with you, I remember watching it on TV and that's actually the season finale is what got me into the sopranos as a teenager and then going back later on and watch the other three seasons but i remember watching it and then the way that everything comes uh basically Carmela throws uh Tony out the whole entire call with uh his ex-girlfriend his Guma ex-Guma then you also have all this other stuff happening inside the episode and also too the reason why it's called white calves is because Carmela and Tony are trying to buy a summer home. Chris also is just got a rehab, mm-hmm. and everything too. So you have that going on. This this season finale was actually really great.
1: It, it, this is my favorite episode because of the freaking performance. I consider Edie Falco's performance in this as probably my the best acting I've ever seen, and I don't say shit like that normally. Like I do think. that... Mm-hmm. Like, we can break it down and say the best of a television or whatever, but honestly, I don't think anyone is as good as she is in these scenes. Her, like, there's so many lines in this that she delivers so amazingly in it. She gets that frustration of, I just want him gone, but I'm also going to take a couple stabs, as she's like half crying and half angry. Like that is a fight with your wife. And she, not that I fight with my wife like that. We, we have a very loving relationship. I don't have any good mods, but, uh, but she, but that performance is so insane. And the line that gets me that I like pause it afterwards and I exhale. Um, I get really into the show, uh, but like, it's when it, he's like, we don't believe in it. We don't believe in divorce. And then he goes, yeah, what about the kids? And she's like, it's horrible. God help them. Because she just doesn't give a shit about them. Like, no, go. She's like, she, she says yep. the words that she's supposed yeah, to she's say. Yeah, she's done. But she delivers it as,
0: who the fuck cares? Yeah. Like, That's not going to keep me from doing what I need to do. Yeah. She got, she God help, help them.
2: She's a yeah. good actress.
0: It's so good. Edie Falko yeah. so good. She is. But she I, was great in that episode.
1: And that, that episode is the same thing as uh, whoever did this. It It does this. Oh, you feel like the episode's going this way. And then there's a catalyst, and then the rest of it deals with that. And this is the season finale. All these things are coming to the head. It's also the longest episode. And it's a complete self-contained, because the episode starts with them wanting to buy white cabs, and then it ends with them. So it's almost like a movie. And it's this long character study of a relationship breakup, of a marriage breakup, in the middle of this mob TV show. Like, there's tensions uh, getting high with, with New York and all this and all this other stuff's going on. And they're like, no, let's talk about their breakup. And it is so powerful. And I love this episode so much. Same. It's my number one.
0: Yeah. And then also, too, the line that she was supposed to say was this, too. I've been masturbating about Furio. And yeah. insta- instead, they changed the line from masturbating to... I've been fan- fantasizing about Furio.
1: Yeah, I and like that switch I, yeah. a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: that makes more sense. really.
0: And I think if she would have said it the other way, it wouldn't have that anger that Tony had mm-hmm. with her saying I've been fantasizing about Furio. Yeah, that's when he goes more like ahead,
2: a relac- relationship relationship. That's
1: it. Yeah. yeah, and, and that's Hurts that's more. Yeah, and, and that's what he. He goes like he's going to punch her in the face and then turns and just puts his yeah. wall so effortly, her hands so effortly yeah. through the wall. And she just stands there like, ah, 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 ah. like <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to take away from uh, James Gandolfini's performance. It's it's equally as good, but he's always really good. At, like, And Edie Falco is too, but I, I think that Edie Falco's per, like, performance is top notch, best of the series. In this scene, like these yeah. scenes are just oh my god! But but you can't, she couldn't do that without you know, uh, a complete king of what he's doing to bounce off of. If Gandolfini wasn't there, she I don't think it would have worked so well, but it, it, it's still so insane. I could talk about. I I I would do like a scene or like a moment by moment breakdown of that scene that takes two hours if I had <laughs> like if Me I had too. a channel where I'm like let's just break this scene down I could talk about their two arguments for probably two hours,
0: and also <sighs> too I also like the fact how Tony gets even with the person that's in charge of the Whitecaps place trying to get out of his pocket oh yeah <laughs> but he does give him some lawyer advice though
1: too I love that <laughs> advice and I've given that to people who are possibly going to go through a divorce i've given that advice (laughs) because it's so so genius it's so messed up it's yeah
0: but what about you john is there anything else that you want to to put onto white caps or anything like that
2: yeah just when he brings the boat out and plays that that music
0: yeah, Dean Martin. Yeah, the Dean Martin yeah. music. Yeah,
2: uh, so loud that <laughs> they can't they can't stand it. It's just such an obnoxious thing, but it's awesome. It's, it, just, it just had me laughing every time I, like, I watch it.
1: I like that it's their their theater equipment from their little yeah yeah and you see entertainment center. Yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah. You see like Be- Benny and and uh, Little Polly like grabbing, and you're like, why are they taking those out? Yeah. And then the next scene, you see them on the gods <laughs> playing it like oh that's no, so
2: classic, classic. But that,
1: that divorce lawyer advice of like go and see every single divorce attorney in the in the area and have one meeting with them and not even take them just have one meeting so it's a conflict of interest and she can't go to them I'm like oh, that's so genius yeah oh, messed so
2: awesome. up though. yeah so, such, a prick, prick move. such a prick
0: move <laughs> <laughs> good so, episode though Definitely. What about you, Uh, John? What's your next one that you have?
2: It's like it's hard to it's hard to say that the one that uh, sticks out so much is that, like I said, that the uh, where they're they're stranded. But um, I don't know. It's hard to hard to say, really. I, I love all all the episodes. The first episode's pretty wild because it gets you right into it when they chase that guy down with the car. <laughs>
1: I would talk about the pilot. I would love to talk yeah, about the pilot.
2: I love, I love the pilot episode.
1: Uh, you know that uh, uh, Michael Imperioli didn't know how to drive, and uh, he never drove before, and he's supposed to be driving that, chasing the guy down through the oh, park. Oh, wow, okay. And he kept crashing on accident, and then <laughs> Gandolfini goes, you don't know how to fucking drive, do you? He, <laughs> and he had to get his license. Oh like, wow! Right after that, I didn't it. know he's, that. Wow. Hey, he's a New Yorker. He never drove. He hey. just taxied everywhere.
2: <laughs> That's cool. It's I never cool. know that. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I like I like that episode. There's a lot of like things that when you look back, they don't make sense. Like Sill shows up to Santorales and they're like, "Hey." Random not-mob guy, what are you doing here? And he's like, you know, I'm just going to pick up some stuff. But what do you mean? Syl is like the concierge later on. Like, they kind of play him off like he's just their family friend yeah. in the first episode. Like, they didn't quite figure everything else out yet. Yeah. And then, like, Sill's like, hey, you know uh, Artie from high school? It's like, everyone knows Artie from high school. Like, they all eat there. Mm. It's not like a, a an Easter egg of a person. Like, you know, there's a lot of Like, they haven't quite figured it out yet. Things, but...
0: Um, Especially yeah. with Big Pussy getting, uh, not Big Pussy getting whacked, but another Pussy getting whacked. Pussy Malanga. Inside, yeah, Pussy Malanga. Yeah, getting whacked. Yeah. And everything inside that restaurant. And then, of course, I'm blowing up the restaurant so the way he wouldn't get whacked. <laughs> yeah, that's such a weird, like, I want you to kill him in that restaurant. I'm going to light the restaurant on fire. Yeah,
2: it's such, it's a, such a, weird, a weird mob yeah, thinking. That's out, like, so out of the box. It's just crazy. Like, I how did you come with that? I don't know.
1: I don't want That's my much. wife to eat the last candy bar out of the fridge. I'm gonna blow the fridge up. What? <laughs> 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 Such a mob thing.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Well I, well, I will say my I don't have a so many. I, I, they're mostly favorites, but one of my my least episode that I I don't like the most is when Pussy gets killed. I lot I knew he was snitching and everything, but. <laughs> But when he got killed, I don't know. I just felt sorry for him.
0: Funhouse is Funhouse on your list, John? Yeah, Funhouse is actually my f- number five.
1: I left Funhouse off my list because I thought that you would be talking about it. Yeah, like I it, Funhouse is easily in my top five, but I left it out because I thought we would be discussing.
0: Yeah, we have to talk about Funhouse no matter what. Yeah, to be honest.
1: Well, he just said it was one of his least favorite episodes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but That's
1: you. It's all good. It's the fever. Well, like, I understand watching Pussy die, but that whole episode with the fever. Oh, it's, dreams, a great, it's a great
2: episode, yeah. That
1: like it that episode made me think like, oh, the this show's different. Like this show's going there. And I love the dream sequences, are are some of all of my favorite episodes and especially the comb episodes. But Funhouse is like one of the first ones that really like, oh, Okay, so we're like it's almost like an art housey episode. Like this show goes like this weird art house, off the beaten path indie film vibes, and it's a mob show. It's it's so so good. <laughs> I love it so much.
2: Yeah, I like the dream sequences too.
1: Yeah. Uh, when do, do we want to talk I, about that, or what do we want to do right now? We, yeah,
0: look, we. I can do Funhouse House right now if you want. Or I I only on have
1: one left on my list because uh, my top two After were this. Pine Baron and and Cap. So yeah, I got one last one, and then I would love to talk about Funhouse now. If you want to,
0: okay, yeah, yeah let's just do Funhouse now, because okay. I thought I thought Funhouse was a you know it was a great episode. To be honest with you, the dream sequence, uh, Tony getting sick off of Buddha uh, at the Buddha restaurant <laughs> and then running a fever. And everything. And then, of course, that's when you have to realize, too. This is also when Artie comes in at his home and everything goes, ah, it didn't come from my restaurant.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, also, there's a really good fart joke in here. Yeah. I, I, I want to, I'm, I'm a Rick and Morty fan. We, we can always find fart jokes in the middle of your really good cinema that are teaching you a lot about life. You got to throw a <laughs> fart joke in every once in a while. And uh, it's when, when he's like getting really messed up and his stomach's all messed up and he's lighting off these farms and you just or farms. Wow. Lighting off these big farts. And, uh, uh, Anthony Junior just comes in and goes, who's lighting them big ones. <laughs> I don't know why, but just the way he's lighting them big ones. It's such a childish yeah. way. It, it makes me just laugh. My ass off. Just, it's, the so good from very little Robert Eiler, like it's only season right. two still, but uh, yeah, the, the, he, like, wakes up, and he almost starts, like, pouring his heart out, like, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed, I'm this, and then his hand moves, is like, it's not my heart, it's, it's my stomach, and then he runs, and just, <laughs> draw, draw. and if anybody has ever actually experienced fever dreams, uh, like, I, I had a flu really bad one year, and I remember, like, I felt like I ate, like, mescaline from, or mescal from, like, freaking like Fear and Loathing Las Vegas because I remember being fever dream and I remember just laying on my bed and like tripping balls from Mm -hmm. fever dreams like I felt like I just ate a bunch of drugs (laughs) and and I had that happen to me like right as I started watching the show and when the fever dream episode came up I was like dude I know what that's like because then your brain starts digging and I like that that's how he finds out because he knew about pussy I love that it's the fever dream that tells him because he's just been denying it.
2: He just and hasn't they, admitted it yet. Yeah. yeah.
1: And the, and the, hey man, all these fish are sleeping. Whoa, look at It's <laughs> such a out there Jim. say that. And I, I like that in the middle of this fish dream, at the end, he's like, well, $5 a pound.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
0: good. And then Tony also sets himself on fire, which resembles the uh, high temper high uh, fever. Then also too I like how also too, whenever he's looking in the uh, binoculars at the beach at that little quarter that you can put the quarter in and everything, and you can see the binoc- in the binoculars, and it's actually Tony uh not Tony, but uh Polly Walnut sitting down. hmm And everything he winds up whacking somebody. I forgot who he actually whacks, but that was I actually remember. a a funny scene, but basically it's dealing with death and how to actually go ahead and try and whack somebody that you used to love
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. and everything and worship the ground that this person walked on. And now you have to go on ahead and put an end to his life because he's been ratting somebody out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: it's yeah. And it's, it's really, it's really tough. Like to get through this episode, just cause you see, then Tony has to go and take care of it, but he still has a fever. Like, and he looks so horrible, the rest of that. Like, when he goes to Pussy's house and he's like, oh, I need the puke, but really he's going through to find the wire and then he eventually finds it. But he still looks like complete shit. Like, (laughs) it's still mop sweat. And, yeah, I I love this episode. I think it's the kind of the first one of that big character death that we, like, are they really going to go there? And then they did. But it does that in such a cool art house way of these dream sequences and also the cinematography and the sound editing in the sequence like when he's walking down the Jersey Pier and you hear that like
2: <laughs>
1: like these weird sounds and it's mm-hmm. like it's filmed so like eerie and gross like yeah. sweaty <laughs> like it's it, it makes it makes me feel sick like mm-hmm. it, yeah I love it I love this yeah. episode. Damn. Well, I'm sorry. It's one of your least favorite, John Henry. Uh, no, well, it, it, I should
2: say it's <laughs> one of my least favorite episodes. I just that, killing it's the hard pussy. to watch. Put, yeah, it's hard yeah, to watch. That's pussy, that's guy. the that's yeah. a tough one, though. I, no, I I'm, like you. I like the the dream episodes. They're they're wacky and and just fun watching them. Yeah,
0: and it's then, hard to pick a
2: bad episode, really. You know,
0: that's true. It it definitely is hard to. Of- Pick a bad episode, but also too. I thought why it would actually make feel sad though, in a sense, because of after they whack pussy and everything too, and stuff like that. You're seeing him, them pick off his jewelry. You are seeing him, yep. do all this. He stuff knows what's his, coming, right? And just seeing the drop on his face when he yeah. goes, "Okay, can can you can you come me over here? Can you kill me at the spot? Don't hit me in the face, so that way I can have an open casket for my kids."
1: Which they, and, I mean, they throw him in the water. Like he, there right. is no casket. Like, and uh, another. Here's another fun behind the scenes. Uh, uh, Vincent Pastor, who played Big Pussy, actually was getting was getting boat sick, and he wanted to sit down. And so that wasn't in the script oh, when he wow. goes, "Can okay. I sit down?" It wow. that was a hundred percent ad lib, and that wow. makes it, yeah, and it, it's what sticks out because he's like, "All right, well." i can't stand anymore can i can i just sit as you shoot me like it it's that adds so much to it oh I, yeah
2: that's cool i never knew that that's awesome Well, they're in a bottom, the bottom of a boat doing of, this yeah, like, yeah. i'm sick. i get seasick too man oh man yeah me
0: too so okay so any other uh, yeah one ep
2: on? one episode oh, cool. that i i liked uh I just came to my mind was when Polly went to the the psychic and he cussed him out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, this motherfucker.
2: <laughs> just Polly in general is my favorite character. Uh, All right,
1: Pauly. I'm quoting Polly here. I don't like this word that much, but when he. And he grabs the chair. and He looks like he's gonna throw it at them, and then he turns and just goes, "Fucking quiz!" Yeah,
2: <laughs> well, that's totally Holly that though. Gets
1: know? me so much. <laughs> and now I think about that when I'm at work and everything's going bad, I just go like, "Fucking quiz!" <laughs> like, and I don't, I don't like using that word. I would never call anyone yeah, that word. But it, it, it's, it's, and that's what makes it that more absurd is because yeah. uh, Tony Sirico is is plays Polly so well, and apparently Tony Sirico and Polly are the same person, according to Michael Really? really oh, and yeah. wow. Steve Shrub. That he's he didn't have he's to cool really, enough. yeah. It's the, wow, he's the okay. same dude.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool.
1: Uh, and I, I guess they would. He, he no one was allowed to touch his hair. Only he oh, yeah. was allowed to do it. And then something he does it in the show once. He b- sprays the the Banaka in somebody's mouth. Mm-hmm. He yeah. apparently would do that if you're working next to him. And he could smell your breath. He'd go, "Yeah, hold your mouth," and without warning, would <laughs> spray shit in
0: your mouth. <laughs> I would lose it if somebody did that to me. They're like, "Hey, open your
1: mouth." I'd be like, "What are you putting anything yeah. like in my mouth?
2: What are you doing? You're uh, not my dentist." That would freak me, me out.
0: <laughs> but another thing he would do is like way before when he was trying to be famous, though he would used to sit in front of a pool. So what he yeah. would do is he would go on head and make them page for him.
1: Yeah, he would put in pages for himself to oh, make wow. him look like a big deal. Big star. So people were like, <laughs> Why are they calling this Tony Sarico guy so many times? And he would go up and be like, eh, yeah. Huh? Like, like, such a
2: jackass. It's awesome. <laughs> oh my
0: god.
1: And I guess he um, he met he met uh he was bouncing at a bar that um uh, freaking jimmy hendrix would go to and he gave Jimi hendrix a wit- wedgie and he would make fun of him a lot if you like come could be a jimmy like a jimmy wow, hendrix. Oh,
2: that's awesome that's <laughs> awesome wow
1: such a weird
2: <laughs> that's awesome
1: He's a goofball guy um anyways i got one last one it would be my number three but i kind of like that i'm talking about it last on my list unless you want to go somewhere else first john
0: no 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 we can go on ahead and cover that
1: all right. Well, it's the end of the series. <laughs> I got Made in America is definitely on my list. It's the last episode. So, okay. you know why? Because all the people who say the finale sucked, they suck. I completely disagree. After I watched this for the first time, I was ready to hate it. Because everyone's like, oh, it's so mm-hmm. bad. Oh, I can't believe. Oh, like the ending of Sopranos, it became like a meme. And I remember watching it. And then after it ended, I was like, why are they mad? Like I get it. This is that was yeah. genius. Like I thought it was awesome, and I watched it way later. Um, the reason I watched Sopranos to begin with is I I got HBO and I I finally I wanted to be a snob, and <clears throat> enjoying all the snob conversations So I watched The Wire, and I watched all these other shows, and I couldn't make it through Deadwood. I apologize to the Deadwood fans. And I watched Oz, and I remember going through all these like top ten movie lists or TV show lists, and Sopranos is always number one, and I'm like, why is that number one? Like everyone, no one talks about it anymore. Like, I was completely jaded. And then I finally watched it. I'm like, oh, I don't consider Surprise my number one show, but I do understand why it can be. And I finally watched it. I think I was, it was four or five years ago for the first time, but I was in my mid 20s when I finally did. And it was like, okay, I get it. And now that ending, because it's been so anti hyped, I didn't understand why anyone was mad. Like, did they just not get happened like was it just it cut out so they were mad like you want a closure like that is closure to me that's the scene ending he survived that's the cut to black i don't think he survived you don't think so i definitely don't think he survived i think it's very clear he got shot and i can explain it right now i've watched so many videos of this i've watched <laughs> hours and hours of breaking down of this moment so uh so I hope we're not going anywhere. I'm going to call in and tell them I'm going to be late for work. But no, I'm kidding. Uh, so they set it up at the beginning of the season, which almost was on my list, Sopranos Hell movies. I almost put that on my list. But which, is Bob, which is good. It's so good. Bobby tells him, I bet you can't even hear it when it happens. And then talking about getting shot. And then in that episode, after their fight, and he's like kind of sitting there, and it this bell is going on and he hears this bell and he doesn't look and then he hears it again and what it does it does bell him his face and then what he's looking at and it sets up that line of sequence so it goes bell him his perspective and when it's going on it does that repeating so in the last episode when journey is playing i the only thing I don't like about it is I hate that Journey song. I wish that that wasn't how we went out. Because I, if you've ever been to a white person wedding in the Midwest, you get over Journey really freaking fast. They play <laughs> nothing but Journey. And I'm like, oh, my God. Is everyone, like, saying small-time girl like they're the only ones who know the lyrics? Like, all these freaking people. Like, oh. But anyways, um, Don't Stop Believing is going on. And it we're seeing people walk in, and you hear ding, and then it shows Tony's face and then it shows him looking at them, like at the door, which is his perspective. So it does that over and over again.
2: Dig, Tony's
1: face, his perspective, dig, dig. So then you see the other guy wearing the members only jacket, like what Eugene was wearing, comes in and stands behind him like he's waiting for something. And they the camera keeps fixating on him for no reason. We don't know who he is. He's not a named character. Why do we not flip over to see what he's doing? So now we're seeing um, Meadow Soprano and her uh, parallel parking fiasco. <laughs> Just she can't park fucking car, and then when she finally does, she comes in and you see ding his face, and then his perspective, which is black. So it goes ding him nothing. He got shot. Yeah. And in here, Okay.
2: I didn't so think the about it like that. Guy,
1: Shot him in the back of the head. Yeah, well you didn't watch the hours and hours of video there, Mr. Henry. Like you gotta, you gotta do your work. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't see all that, but I did think he died. The first time I watched it, I was like, Did he die? I was at uh, the thought. And then when I first watched the first breakdown, I was like, That's pretty clear. I think like what's you think about it? And even people that have asked David Chase what happened, he goes, It's all in the last episode. Like it's clear what I did. And I heard somebody describe this as the lighting your guitar on fire and smashing and ending. And I do consider it that because cinematically, because it is so rock star. It is so mm-hmm. fuck you. We don't need to give you closure. Like this is closure. Black screen. Like it ends. That's it. The story ended. Deal with it. Like I think it's awesome. And the fact that they waited like five seconds before the credits go up. So people had to go check their TV. That's just fun. a little added humor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah. Alright, How's that for my monologue? It was only three minutes. I think that
0: was, that was good, though, man. Because, seriously, I was actually one of those people that was actually uh, going over there checking my TV set because I actually had one of those old-school TV sets that was actually going out on me. So I'm like, yeah. you gotta be kidding me. So I'm over there slapping oh, it. Oh, man. And so I'm thinking that there was something wrong with this TV set, but no, that's just the way that they had ended it. But I remember... Well, I also remember not appreciating the ending the way that I wanted to actually end, but I was telling John Henry this before we started though too, I appreciate it a lot more because now I don't have those theories. I don't have anything. I can just watch the show for what it is. And knowing that if Pitch goes to black, I already know that he's dead and everything, because like you said, it's all laid out in the scene. And also too, there's also a lot of callbacks to other stuff that happened within all the other seasons. Also, too, you actually have Ralphie's jacket that shows up and everything, too. Not Ralphie, but uh, Janice's boyfriend's jacket. Uh, the jacket. jacket! The jacket!
1: jacket. Yeah.
0: The
2: jacket! And he gets pissed I, that he's not wearing the jacket.
0: I can't say jacket
1: without hearing David Provolk going. The
0: jacket! <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I definitely like this episode a lot now than i did when i first saw it i thought it was great how, how it ended that's the show that's exactly how it needed to end
1: i i think the fact that i heard all the negativity uh for it helped me appreciate it more like you know like it's the opposite like when everyone's like dude watch the godfather godfather's amazing and then you're bored for three hours and you're like why was that amazing it's that overhype kills it i just i just shat on godfather so hard right there but but that overhype can kill it this was like under hype. Everyone's like, I don't like the ending. The ending's crap. You know, exactly. I never watched. And, and I watched it. I was like, why was that crap? I loved it. Like, except for the Journey song. <laughs> that
0: was great. <laughs> Kaylin, like, don't start. Go to the other another one that I have on my list is the test dream. Jump around.
1: Yes, good. I'm glad you did. Uh, I didn't have that because there was another one I but, thought we were going to talk about. So that didn't yeah. happen.
0: The test dream is probably one of my favorites because it's one of those dreams that Tony doesn't know what to do with his cousin or anything either because he actually whacks somebody over in New York and the New York family, which also causes another feud between Phil, which is Phil's brother, that gets whacked yeah. and everything. Billy. And, right. Billy gets whacked. And so it makes you wonder what Tony's going to do about that situation. And then even in the dream, it said, you know what you have to do. And everything. Yeah. So I definitely appreciated the dream sequences with that.
1: The 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 restaurant dream sequence in that is the best. Where you got Annette Bening, mm-hmm. like playing, um, what's his name, Finn Finn's mom, and then you have John Hurd, who was uh, played the crooked cop of the first season, is playing Finn's dad. But there's a I didn't notice this until I was watching a uh, YouTube channel is doing another episode breakdown called Pure Kino is the name of this YouTube channel. Check it out. They're doing every single episode of Sopranos. They're almost they're doing every one episode every month to finish it this month. But anyways, something he pointed out back to the character of, I I wish we remember her name, but the the chick that Ralphie beats death, she's replacing um, Meadow in one of those scenes. So when it's flipping around I'm glad it's not my kid. <laughs> oh,
2: I got my kid crying in the
1: background. It's all good. I my one-year-old's upstairs. I but uh, but yeah. So but what I was gonna say. So in that that dream sequence of the dinner, when you're seeing everybody eat around the table, the prostitute that Ralphie beats up is replaced. Uh, Meadows replaced by her for like a split second, and it, you can actually see it if you're just. It's a blink and you miss it. But there's just like that one second we're sitting between Finn and uh Anthony Jr. is that character. And it's just I like it because it's how your dreams are not solid, how you know they're they all move over and they're fluid and they're all over the place. And it, yeah, he's gonna replace characters with other characters for a split second and him replacing his daughter with her, who shows another connection with that character. And it, it I don't know, I like that little detail kind of blew my mind. I didn't know about it until recently, but I do love that. I do love Test Stream.
0: Test Stream is just great. And then also too, season three, the stripper's name is Tracy. Tracy.
2: Oh, Tracy. Tracy. Yeah.
0: Yep.
1: Well, sorry that I I replaced your identity with that stripper. It really made me feel like <laughs> a misogynist and just chauvinist for a while. You know, no. her job—that's her only identity. No, right. Tracy. Tracy. I'm sorry. I didn't like that. I forgot her name. I was like, well, characters, it's it okay. has to be that stripper character. Like, come on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's
0: her name. Uh, but yeah, the test stream is really great. I also liked how if Tony wasn't going to whack uh, Tony B, it was going to be Phil. And if Phil winds out whacking him, God knows what Phil would have done. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. For example, Vito.
2: Yeah, yeah, shoving the the pull cube up his ass. Oh
1: my god, or broom, as broom! He, I'm sorry. Uh, as he literally comes out of the closet to watch right. it, it, it is so hilarious. Uh, like, it, you've got this. I like. I, no, I wanna. I want a prequel to that scene. I want us just see them uh, go in, and it's like, you guys had the bathroom. What are you gonna do? And then Phil, like, looks at the closet. He's like, I know what I'm going to do. And then, like, this mafioso, <laughs> like,
0: <laughs>
1: hiding in the closet. Like, I love that. i just seeing freaking Frank Vincent just like, yeah. ooh, ooh, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> like, hiding in the closet. <laughs> like, it's so weird to see, like, this made man freaking come out of the closet. It's so goofy. It um, is. And then there's that scene where Phil became a house. Anyone remember that? when they're yelling at him, but you can't see him through the window. So it's just, it just shows the house yelling back at them.
0: Yeah. Uh, I remember that.
1: there, there's a bunch of YouTube chat uh, videos that are just like the time Phil was a house. And <laughs> Cause you don't see <laughs> Phil. And I commented on it. Like I'd rather him be a house than be an animal. Like that animal. Blondetto is like what i said, <laughs> that animal Blondetto, Tony B. Um, but back to test stream, <laughs> I, uh, uh, the other thing that's going on this episode, other than just um, uh, Tony B killing Billy instead of Philly, you mean Philly, no, Billy, uh, is him wanting to come back. And there's that, uh, Into the House, because this is, he reconciles with Carmella, like, the next episode. And I like him sitting on pile my, and he's inside the house and he's like, I want to come back in, and she's like, "Yeah, but you can't bring your." <laughs> uh, he's like, "I want to move back," and he goes, "But you yeah. can't bring your horse in here." Yeah. Well, because of her accent, you hear "whores." You can't bring your "whores" in here, and that's what they—that's it. It's yep. that's how they reconcile. Is he's like, "All right, I'll cheat on you better. You won't know about it."
0: <laughs> and she's like, "All right,
1: cool. Like that's really." He's like, "I won't bring my transgressions towards the home." That's your. Like, I wish I could be like, honey, that I cheat on you? As long as I'm really good at it. <laughs>
0: like, it's, it's such a
1: weird And even compromise. then, they,
0: they agree. They compromise, though, too. He goes, I'll give you money for the spec house. Yeah. And I promise I won't bring my affairs to your home. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a business deal. Yeah,
2: he's like,
1: I want, like, half a million for this land. And he's like, huh? And then you can bang your whores. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a... <laughs>
2: So silly. <laughs> it is
1: weird. I've never settled an argument with my wife with negotiation. Like it's always, "Hey, this is why we're mad. Let's figure it out." It's never like, "Okay, how about this? You stop bitching, and I'm gonna make you your favorite dinner tonight." Like negotiate out of a fight. Like it's so weird. it. Neg- right. You don't negotiate out of fights.
0: <laughs> hey, how about this? Instead of us fighting, I'm gonna give you some fifty bucks to go to the mall. Yeah, That'll be that's it. that's my
1: equivalent of the spec house. It's like, all right, how about this? Go and uh, go right. get some gumballs and fucking hang out at the arcade at the mall. Love you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that's everything that I want to get on with this. But is there any other funny moments as far as things that you want to talk about, or is I had everything. I wanted on? to
1: bring up the my almost on here was the first coma episode I almost had on. And I, it's just so you can talk well, about well, um, alternate, the alternate realities of the coma, of how you, he's Kevin Finnerty, or he's not Kevin Finnerty, he's he's Tony Soprano. And this version of Tony is exactly what he, he says to Melfi, like, season one or two. Like, if he didn't get into life, he'd be selling patio furniture and you find out this version of Tony Soprano sold patio furniture before he moved to precision objects. So it is the non mob version, but he's not a better person. He still kind of cheats on his wife. Like he makes out with that one chick in the hotel. Like he's still kind of a scumbag, but he's not a criminal and that's it. So he's and the Tony, we completely know and love except he doesn't have the Jersey accent, which I think is great. That he just he talks like a normal person for once, and um and then it, and he's not a gangster, but this Kevin Finnerty, that the the identity that he like he picks up the briefcase and then he starts to lose his mo- memories and gets Alzheimer's and he like that identity's kind of taking him over even though it's not his identity. Kevin Finnerty um, is kind of like a crooked dude. He like sold faulty air conditioners to like a
2: yeah.
1: shawling monks. The hell or like a Buddhist Buddhist temple but but he is kind of like that guy is kind of like shady so it's almost like Tony Soprano versus Tony Soprano and him struggling with what's right and wrong inside the coma tree and that's I want to bring that episode up just to talk about that because I I think it's so so cool that in the middle of this mob show we can be like all right let's talk about identity like it's so cool
0: it's just like, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to uh, let John talk about it first and then after that I get into my thoughts on it. If you want
1: to. If you want to.
2: Well, I, I I like the scene where he uh, he fights the, the the first initial hit. He he's with the the black dudes and he fights oh, them off in the car. I'm like, one. "Dude, that's like he's yeah." <laughs> that's one of my favorite scenes right there.
0: But uh as far as the, the scene that you're talking, the stuff that you're talking about though, Taco, is this. The thing that I liked about this was, I feel like he was in purgatory, like how Christopher mm-hmm. was in purgatory. True. Yeah. And then sitting at the bar, when the bartender says, "Oh, it's dead in here," makes me think hey. that he was surrounded by other dead people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Then the, oh. Right around here, it's dead.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then the house, this house that he shows up at, where Tony B's at and everything resembles life and death. If he went into that Mm -hmm. house, he would have been dead. If he's, since he was outside and his suit, remember when he says about his briefcase, he goes, my life is in there. That's pretty much his life as a whole.
1: And he calls it. And Tony B calls it business. You can't bring business in here, but it's my
0: life. Right.
1: Yeah. That's.
0: And so (laughs) if he gave his life over to Tony B and then he goes into the house, he would be dead. He would flatlined yeah. on that bed. So with him holding on to that briefcase, he's holding on to his life, he's holding on to the things that he cares about the most, which is his family. Not his mob family, but his family as a whole. Yeah, And therefore, that's how he winds up um, getting out of the coma.
1: And I, I do like the word that brings his attention away from that house. And I do believe it signifies death as well, because who's in it? Dead people. You got Tony B, and then you have the like pretty much like the almost ghosty figure of his mom who we saw on a different oh I believe we saw in the test stream. We right. see the episode of him as the old Italian Mason uh who walks up to this house and, and on the steps. Like it almost gives me chills. Like just like seeing the old lady up on the steps, but the way it's lit lit of like this like that his mom is almost like a satanic figure, like almost a like like the devil type figure in this and she's in the house too, so it's it's death in the house. But I like that the word that gets in the pull away is a little girl's voice yelling, daddy, it's Meadow. And I do like that they could have done anything. They could have had anything make them go, okay, I don't want to die. But it's a girl's voice saying, dad. That is very important. That, that shows you of how important his family is. And it's not, like you said, it's not his mob family it's meadow that's his life is is his family and i thought that that was so powerful and especially being a a a father of a daughter that that episode like like affects me even more now of like yeah that is why i'm doing it all that's why i don't want to die i got a kid i got a life like and yeah so uh yeah i'm I'm glad you brought that up because i love that thanks
0: yeah. all right so that's gonna be it is there anything else you want to mention though john
2: real quick? uh i just love the whole uh, the whole series i it, that's why it's hard for me to pick episodes and this and that but uh it's just uh just my favorite show of all time that yeah yeah i love it
0: okay i
1: so- i almost wanted to bring up college was very close to my list too um but it's more Oh, yeah, of the importance of the main character killing somebody in cold blood because <laughs> that has never happened up until this point now it has multiple times but like the main character can be a piece of shit but literally str- you're seeing the main character strangling a guy straight up you know like and then we're supposed to root for him afterwards and mm-hmm. david chase had to fight with the network so hard to get that okay and if they they were like, "No, we're going to lose the audience," and he's like, "We'll lose the audience if he doesn't do
2: it. Yeah, like true. he
1: needs to be a killer. Ass, yeah, like like it's it, Well, we gotta see him be a bloody murderer because mm-hmm. he is a bloody
0: murderer. <laughs>
1: that's,
2: yeah, that's part of the deal.
0: And yeah. it also yeah. symbolizes to like the family side and also the mob lifestyle. So it symbolizes yeah. both in college. Yeah, he's yep. taking his daughter, who's being a nice husband, mm-hmm. and also too." Um, also too, a parent taking his daughter to college, but at the same time, now he sees this other mob figure that used to be in the mob who's actually a witness protection now. Now there's actually the business aspect of it now that he has to take care of. So it's showing you the mob life and it's showing you the family life that he has.
2: True. Meadow always suspecting what's going on. She was more smart to it than he thought.
1: (laughs) I like that he just Lies directly to her face, and yeah. she's like, You in the mob? He's like, Ah, you're in the garbage business. <laughs> everyone thinks you're mobbed up. You murdered somebody that day,
0: buddy. Hey, Dad, where, what about these marks on your on your knuckles? Oh, I fell. <laughs> I <It> fell. <laughs> yeah, I fell. That's why
1: the wire cut around my palm. No. Yeah, you don't fall correctly.
0: Why you is your fall. shoes dirty? <laughs> <laughs> There's
1: a lot of mud. Stop, Stop asking questions. <laughs> I looked that he gaslights her. Like what? You're trying to say all Italians are mobsters? Like, like he gaslights his own daughter. Yeah.
2: When he is a her. mobster. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All
1: right. I love this show. Yeah. I that's, I, I agree with uh, John Henry's uh, uh uh sentiment. It's it's one of my favorite shows. It's hard to put this over the wire for me. I consider them both like up there. But it's so an is the writing is so insanely good and the one thing this has over the wire is the performances not that the wire has bad performances but they just James Gandolfini is one of the best actors yeah. ever done anything and then Edie Falco's weird. he said I do consider her performance of White Cap the best I've ever that's the best acting I've ever seen and and then everyone does a really good job in the show and that's what i like to tell people and then I'm going to go I like to, whenever somebody Like as asking me what a television show is about, I like to say, the premise doesn't matter. It really doesn't. If you have good writing, good directing, and good performances, any show can be amazing. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like I'm glad you need like the hook to bring in. Oh, it's a mobster, Eh." but we don't stay because of that. We stay because everything fires on all cylinders. And Sopranos is that perfect example of we're not there just to see it you know, the the mobsters of of New Jersey, which I'd never cared about before in my life. (laughs) But it's because everything is done so perfect. And that's what makes the show good. It's not the subject, well kind of the subject because it's interesting, but it's the fact that the writing, the directing, the cinematography,
2: the whole cast is perfect. The
0: whole cast
1: fires on all cylinders.
0: And that's why the show's amazing. The show is fantastic. This is also one of those TV series that changed the way we view TV everything as a whole this has actually gave us a cinematic view for tv versus yeah, the, the cheesiness right and yeah. also too i like boardwalk empire but sopranos will always be top of that and then of course you can't and then of course breaking bad is also another yep. good one that came out because of the sopranos and yeah. everything too so you know i love the sopranos as a whole this has been a to be honest with you sopranos is always going to be my favorite thing to talk about and also too i can't wait until the prequel comes out so i can talk yeah about i want to
1: watch that uh yeah if i'm available i would love yes. to come back on here and talk about mini saints i've been wanting to watch that since it got done yeah. and i almost came out two years ago
2: yeah <laughs>
1: and they, they pushed it over something and then covid yeah, and COVID. it's like well oh, i gotta watch that freaking movie that tra- i watched that trailer eight times the day it came out i watched the, the mini saints trailer eight times it's, same
0: here. So I, I, same here, man. Same here. So, with that being said, I think that's gonna be it for the show for today. But is there any where that people can follow you, Taco, or anything like that? Or
1: yeah, uh, when I'm when I'm not working like crazy, I'm working like crazy right now. When I'm not working like crazy, you can find me on Schmoes of the North. Uh, I have a Star Wars show on there on Saturday nights called Let's Taco About Star Wars. And uh, actually, gold leader from the movie trivia showdown is my co-host. I call him my Chewy because he's my co-pilot. And uh, we do a lot of things. We do like Star Wars tier lists. And um, I do a lot of versus videos of like one guy versus another guy. And I break down their lightsaber form. It's like lightsaber Lightsaber, forms and really get down to who. It's like my crack is talking about lightsaber forms. It's weird how much I love doing it. They make fun of me for it. Like, whenever we talk about droids, it's like, and Taco's unhappy because he can't talk about lightsaber (laughs) forms. True. (laughs) Uh, And we also do an alien game. It's the second best Star Wars trivia on YouTube. Uh, (laughs) And it's... I describe an alien, and then you have... And then the contestants have to say whether or not it's from Star Wars or not. And for an extra point, they can tell me what it is. So it could be aliens from all over the place. We've done, like three or four of these now and we even had like the barbarian did one of them which i did not know was going to happen he kind of just showed up drunk and did one and it was really fun from the schmodown and uh yeah so that's let's talk about star wars and then also we just break down movie trivia schmodown on fridays and saturdays and there's a bunch of other shows that i'm not a part of that they do on that
0: channel okay and here's the thing guys i'm actually part of mount schmodown on saturdays and everything i'm coming back and Full Swing next week to talk about some of the stuff that uh, Brian and, of course, Ben are going to be doing. Uh, I have to get with them and see what we're going to be talking about for Mount Schmodown. But you can catch that at 3 o'clock Central Time, 4 o'clock Eastern, and 12 o'clock Pacific Time for that one. But, you know, if you guys want to, go on ahead and do this for me real quick. If you guys want to donate to the page, how do you do that? You just go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast, donate 5 to $10 towards us. And this is just to keep the lights on here at Movie Love Unite. You guys don't have to if you don't want to. But another way that you can actually go ahead and support us, hit, smash that like button, smash that subscribe button and everything just to show us some support. Also, too, Tamara and I from Two Blur Girls Podcast teamed up, and this time we're teaming up with um, another... Uh, fundraiser and a matter of fact it's part of Red Cross and we're donating money towards the victims of Louisiana so go ahead buy yourself a sensi. I'm gonna have the link up in the descriptions below and everything in a few minutes so you guys can go on ahead, donate towards Red Cross all the funds go towards the uh, Red Cross and everything too and then of course guys you guys can go on ahead and follow me on facebook at movie lovers tv lotion night over there under the same brand name on pinterest and on instagram as well and even on tick tock now and then you guys can go on ahead and follow me on good pods you know what you guys should go on ahead rate me on good pods it's better than apple Podcasts. i love this because of the fact with the system that they have and everything you can actually tell us what you think about the episode, give us a five-star review on it. Even if you don't like a certain episode, tell us what you didn't like about that episode. Maybe we can actually build towards something better. And then, of course, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit. And of course, if you're a sponsor and would like to reach out to me, just go on ahead, email me at movyloversunite at gmail.com, and that's everywhere you can follow me at. And I just want to thank you, Taco, for joining me today. And I can't wait to have you back on the show again. And same thing with you, John Henry. I can't wait to have you on the show either. And thank you for taking the time out of your day as well to talk about a couple of our Soprano episodes. It's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And always until next time, guys. Bye-bye.